Great. Great morning, everybody. Great morning. Uh, coming to you from Minneapolis. Got my partner, uh, Cooper, with me. Uh, Cooper Wallow Jr. Uh, with me up in the uh, FM Fargo-Moorhead area. Cooper, how's your day going, buddy? I'm phenomenal. I'm phenomenal. Just drink, drinking my coffee here on my way to work. Yes, uh, sir. <laughs> can't complain can't can't complain man just another week uh to get better to go into life with some energy um yeah but i'm i'm good family's good or great i should say family's great can't complain uh blakely when this podcast drops blakely will be done with her first week of daycare man that was tough whoa that's insane yeah, yeah it was it was um Mom, mom was balling. She was, but she, I mean, she always gets like that. I mean, for the kids, but I don't know. She said that number three felt definitely a lot harder. You know, you're with your baby for like three months and then you got to go give it to strangers. Uh, but, oh, that would destroy my wife. Yeah. But like, I mean, we've been with this, the same group for like the last five years. I mean, they've seen all our kids grow up. So like, right. Know, they you know. know. Yeah. So, but no, other than that, man, it's great. It's great. Can't complain. Um, yeah. Yeah, so my son is almost five months old. At the t- he'll be five months old when this is released. Actually, exactly. And um, dang, still no daycare for us. It's daddy daycare and you know auntie auntie's house. Love it. A couple days a week. Love it. Will he but ever? Hearing you say that actually like kind of made my heart flutter a little bit. What do you mean? Just Hold like up. oh man, daycare. Oh man. Like, don't see my son, like, Monday through Friday during the day? What? Uh, I mean, they're going to go to school. You're going to not see them when they get older. Yeah, but he's my little boy right now, Coop. Like, you know, first kid problems. I, I know. I you know, know how many there. times I'm going to pull him out of school? Because, like, hey, I, we got to go check this plumbing thing over here. You just go hang with dad today. Bro, I, I'll I love you, it. I'll teach you your ABCs. Don't worry. I love it. I love it. It's all good. I, hey, first, hey, I, I hear you, bro. I hear you. The first one's always the hardest. You're so wise. No, I no, you're wise, dude. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. No, it's all good. No, teach me your ways. No, um, teach me your ways. <laughs> so you're good. That's good. Uh, How's the wife? How's the wife? Uh, I think she's all right. I better Maybe. say she is. You know, just so I don't get yelled at later. Or you won't be all right. Is that what? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yep. That's. It's all good. I know how it is over here too. It's all good. Yeah. Yep. Um. You ready to get into this episode? Let's go. All right, Cooper. Go ahead and bring in our next guest. Thanks, Caleb. On today's episode, we have a real estate investor from Washington State specializing in fix and flip opportunities and responsible for finding distressed properties, securing project funding and managing strategic renovations to successfully reach financial targets for himself and his partners since 2014. With nearly a decade of experience, Andrew Lawrence is involved in the sale of property 
totaling over $3.5 million in assets annually. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Lawrence. <laughs> Great introduction. Hey, thanks a lot, Cooper and Caleb, for having me on the show. That's awesome. an awesome resume. Go awesome. ahead, Cooper. Love it, love it, love it. Andrew, we're pumped to have you on, man. Can you just, you know, after that awesome bio, um, can you just tell the audience a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do? Yeah. So uh, let me see where to start. So uh, I'm a second generation Chinese American kid, you know, born and raised in Washington State. Um, very familiar with the Seattle Tacoma area, just the, the, the I-5, you know, going north and south in that area. Um, I'm basically I'm a son, I'm a fiance, I'm a brother and I'm an uncle. Uh, I graduated high school in 2018 at Mount Tahoma High School and graduated college in 2013, um, uh, specializing CAD drafting. Uh, I used to I used to draft full time and, and kind of now since the pandemic started, uh, I flip houses full time uh, in the King Pacific, uh, no King, Pierce and Snohomish County areas. Um, basically, I flip houses because I saw the opportunity for a better life. Uh, I knew the minute that I sat in a cubicle that I wasn't fulfilling my life's purpose and that there had to be, you know, a better way to reach my the greater goals in life. Awesome. 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 Can so so how did how did like the first flip or the first like opportunity come up for you? Yeah, so um, it kind of basically began. Um, funnily enough, like after a rich dad poor dad seminar. <laughs> mm. uh, so so I took one of those, and after coming out, you know, fresh and and I was feeling really hyped about it. Um, I started looking for uh, basically the the regional kind of RIAs, the REAPs, you know, the real estate um, investment circles in the area. And I found one and they were, they were like, they have this sort of like um, haves and wants section of their, their meetings where people are free to get up and kind of talk about what they're looking for, what they're offering. And there's this, uh, this uh, real estate company that was a full service brokerage that actually offered to help investors like new time first time investors or, or seasoned investors find a deal um fund the deal um manage the the rehab the everything like and then they then they help you like list it and sell it too so they, they helped you from start to finish and um i thought heavily about it because they they sent me this deal through the the my email um but at the time uh i did i just didn't have enough funds to to do it myself so uh, they actually introduced me to my very first partner too. And uh, that's, you know, the rest is kind of history from there. What do you tell people? Cause a lot of courses are like, there's a lot of bad courses. There's good courses, bad courses, like anything in life. What, mm -hmm. what do you tell people to look for or to do when they say, Hey, like I want to get into you're super successful. I want to get into flipping, right? Like what's mm -hmm. some of the advice you give them? As far as like what courses to, to pick from or, or, like where, or where they should start if it's not a course. Yeah. So, I mean, looking back at it now, I mean, I don't regret it. I spent, I spent a pretty penny on that. Like, I mean, I didn't spend the full amount, but I spent, you know, about a car's worth of, of tuition to, to get into that. But, uh, you know, it, it offered a valuable opportunity to like network and, and meet people who, you know, and have a mentor and stuff like that. So I'd, I'd say, you know, very, very first thing, if like you, you have, you've had no experience and you're just looking into it now, like I'd say, 
go go uh, look up bigger pockets. You know, it's, look up any any of the free resources like where people are just networking. It's like it's like a Facebook for for investors or people who want to be investors. Um, create a profile. You know, um, start some chats. You know, you know, get to network and socialize with just the people in your area or whatever area you're looking to invest in first, and then ask 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 the people around you, you know, and join the, join the local REAPs or RIAs, uh, see what they're offering because those courses are much cheaper. If you even consider taking one of those, it's, it's much, much cheaper than, than what I did. And, um, yeah, you just, you just meet a lot of nice people that way. Like, can, can you talk a little bit about just hearing your, your story and your, your energy? Um, like through your journey, was there any fear that you had to overcome and, and how did you overcome it? That's a good question. Um, the biggest fear I had to overcome was a lot of like my limiting beliefs, like can I do it or not? Because the thing is, at the same time that, that full service brokerage that offered me my first deal from start to finish and they managed it and everything um, – one, one of the things that happened during that was that in the middle of the project, I didn't really have control of the contractor because I didn't know him personally. So they have this project manager guy kind of um, watching, like overseeing him. And, and there was this one point where me and my partner were really freaked out because the guy like halfway in just kind of up and like he, did, he stopped showing up. And we we're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? Like, like all of our funds are tied up. You know, if this house doesn't sell, like we're, we're kind of screwed. We're going to go bankrupt, you know. So um one of my biggest fears of, of overcoming is uh, is just being able to like find the right people, trustworthy people, you know, because because good good people are hard to find and hard to keep. Um, so if you find the right people, you want to keep them around, and uh, and like those limiting beliefs of like whether or not I can do it. Like um, every time, even now, like sometimes I'll find something that looks really good, and it's like you have that is that really too good to be true kind of kind of feeling. Like it's like did they, did I run these numbers right? Am I am I um, Am I, am I, uh, uh, I have a little bit of doubt sometimes, even though I run the numbers two, three times, I'm like, no, it, it makes sense. But then, but then I have this like little doubt in the back of my mind, like, but what if it's not like, what if, what if the market tanks? What if, you know, like all these, what if scenarios. And I always try to plan for like the worst case and, and I gotta like try to, um, I'm still coaching, teaching myself to kind of step back and just trust, trust the numbers. Once I run them, like, you know, it's, there's, there's not much else to, you don't need to worry about that, you know? It sounds, <clears throat> you, it, it sounds like you are also someone, just from that last comment that you said, that might fall into analysis uh, by paralysis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I just love how you said it. You know, like you just do your due diligence as best your due diligence as best as you can. Run the numbers, and at some point, you can only you can only do so much before you can like get going. Right. And sometimes you just, you get to that point where you just got to take the plunge. Um, so no, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I, I want to ask, ask you, um, you were talking about your, your story. You um, got in CAD design, I believe. And you said that right when you got into a cubicle, you realized um, it wasn't for you. Um, I'm just curious, like, like how, how did you know that so quickly? And, and, and that's my first question is how did you know that so quickly? And my second point, and I'm, I'm always curious to hear like, what, what made like Andrew different from the other X amount of people that are in that job, right. That they don't like, but still stay in it. 
like what made Andrew the the small percentage of people that like, you know what? I'm not a hundred percent happy here. I'm gonna find something else to go after. Right. The word you're looking for is outlier. Why were you the outlier? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Right. So uh, to the first question, you're saying, like, how did I realize that once I sat down that 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 wasn't for me? Right. Correct, um, yeah. Pretty much it was kind of a culmination. Like it didn't actually start there. Um, I while I was doing college, it's it gets kind of complicated. But while I was in college, um, I think I was about 1920. Um, I was doing an internship and I met this guy who was a real estate agent. Um, I ended up, you know, working with him a bit. You know, I was like, man, he looks like he's having a lot of fun. So I sort of. Um, part-time joined a, a, a realtor's team, you know, as a buying agent or a showing agent or something um, as I was going through my career. And, you know, they, they taught us to set goals like, hey, you know, um, this year, you know, set a wildly important goal, right? Like set a, set a huge goal, like for yourself. So like, you want to make 200K this year. And I was like, wow, like, like some people were saying stuff like that. And I was like, is that even possible? Like the potential is huge. And so I was doing that while I was going through school. And, you know, long story short, and it's written in my blog uh, on Bigger Pockets, but uh, long story short, we had sort of a falling out together. We, you know, we just didn't mesh in the end. And I kind of went as a solo agent for a year. And then I just com- completely kind of stopped showing up to the office because um, I was paying a lot. Of, I was getting nickel and dimed a lot by all those realtor fees and education you had to keep taking. So I just went back, focused on my, my education, you know, my drafting degree, finished that, found a job. Um, and and honestly, the first six months, like it didn't dawn on me right away because I was like, uh, you know, it's you got those butterfly feeling when you start a job. And you're just like in a new environment. You're like, hey, like this is this is kind of cool. Like, uh, you know, the people are nice. And and then it was after about six months, I was like, OK, what do I do next? Where do I go from here? You know, it's, they, they had all these opportunities for me. They're like, uh, oh, you know, you can you can actually rise through the company. You can you know, I was in I was in drafting, but they were like, I can switch to the sales department or something. I'm like, that's that requires more learning. Right. Like I got to but I wasn't mo- motivated or passionate about um, doing that. And and I think it was like around really it's really around like the one year mark. Um, they started doing this thing called like a annual review where they kind of like check your performance right and see like has you know how how have you been doing this year and i've always kind of dreaded this word satisfactory because that's how they that's how they describe my performance and i was hoping like to hear you know like back in middle school we didn't have the the 1.0 2.0 gpa system it was uh something with an i i forgot like uh incomplete uh, out satisfactory and outstanding. And I hated hearing the word satisfactory because I just felt so average. So I never bothered. I never had the courage to ask for a raise. I just always took the standard 3% every year. And I'm like, okay, you know, when I started out, I was making, I don't know if I can mention this on here, but uh, I was making like 20, $21 an hour or something like that. And I got 3% on top of that for, for the, for that year. And the next year is like another 3% of that. And I was like, you know, it's nice like to make a couple extra hundred bucks a year, but like, it's not going to, it's not gonna feed my ambitions or, or my goals in the future, right? Like the the things, the other things I want to achieve. So that's that's when I realized that when I when I when I kind of did my first flip, and and it that one took a, a bit of time, but the next one after was much was was a like once I got the hang of it was quicker, and I was like, oh, I could I could potentially be making X amount, like like basically my whole whole year salary in like three months, in like a quarter of the time, right? So, so that's the the first question. And second, you said, what made me different from the people in the job that still stay in it, like uh, in in my company? You're saying, or just in general? Just uh, just in general. 
Ooh, I mean, I think it. I hear this a lot. Like when I was talking to my co- my old coworkers, they they mentioned uh, job security or like stability, security. You know, you got the four hundred one k. You're you're lured in by the pension, and and my company had all that. We had the four hundred one k and pension. Um, and I think a lot of people, and, and actually the funny thing is I was talking to this coworker who was 40 years old. She, she just had a baby when I kind of was, was coming in and, and was like on my first year. And I, I told her a little bit about stuff I was doing. Like, I just felt kind of like talking to someone about it. And, and she said, she said, uh, oh, you're, 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 uh, you know, you heard about bigger pockets. I was like, wait a second. You, you know what bigger pockets is? And, uh, and we talked a bit and I asked her like, how come she never went any further, um, like she never did anything and I asked her, why didn't she pursue anything? And she said, um, Oh, uh, life kind of got in the way. She's got, she's got a kid now. She doesn't have time. And she's, she's kind of high up there. She was like a something, she was like in an engineer role. She, so I'm sure she was probably making probably, you know, double of what I was making. So I think the thing is the, the reason why most people don't go where they go, like leave or something is because, um, life gets in the way and they, and they got like other responsibilities and they feel like they, like, when you get old and you're set in your ways, you don't want to you don't want to change or disrupt the the cycle the the routine that you've got set for you. You know, it's 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 very like even for me sometimes like going out and trying something new. It's it it's kind of like going out of your comfort zone. Once you're in a comfort zone, it's really hard for you to realize that you're stuck in one, and it's really hard to try to break out of one. Did you have moments yourself where you almost didn't take the leap or the plunge, like? to go full into, into flipping or, or like real estate right. investing. Yeah. I don't need my W2 anymore. I'm, I'm going to keep rocking this. Um, I don't think there was ever a doubt in my mind. It was just the, the route, the path I would take because even when I was in the company, I was, I was actually uh, studying uh, day trading, believe it or not. Like I was trying to figure out how to, how to do the stock market, how to like trade and make, you know, a small percentage here and there and just, and travel and, and live, you know, with my, and carry my laptop around and just trade everywhere I go. Um, that ended up being more risky to me. And I didn't see the value in the end. I was like, I don't want to wake up at 5am just to meet the market and, and, and do this psychological game. So I just, I've always seen the value in real estate. I, I've loved the the idea of it. There's so, it's so versatile. It's got the, you know, you can rent, you can flip, you could, um, Burr, you know, like refinance it and, and own this property free, like uh, without with, without any of your own cash in it. Um, no, I just always saw it as a like if, if I was going to be a millionaire or, or do something with my life, like real estate's a, a perfectly great vehicle for that, I think. No, that's uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Can I. So it sounds like you were always you were just always looking for for something bigger and better um like where so where in your your life story did that did that hunger for like you know wanting more and like better for for you and your family come from yeah so um so my mom's actually raised me as a single parent um like i had i had a dad but he wasn't really part of my life and I've just kind of grew up being a like really aware of our situation. I feel like because um, the the earliest memory I've have of you know where I used to live was in this um, in this duplex, and we were on one side. And I remember uh, you know my mom working two jobs. Um, she used to be a, a 
working at the airport, you know, one of these like cashier type jobs. And she used to work at like a deli, uh, Fred Meyer deli. And then she kept on switching around. She was always doing close to two jobs. Um, I rarely got to see her. And um, when, you know, when we do like family trips and stuff, I uh, never asked for much, you know, I never asked her to, to buy me anything. Um, and uh, as she gets older now, um, in the end, she, she worked in a casino as a, as a card dealer. And, you know, I remember she comes home smelling like smoke every day. Like it's really bad. And, and I, I have a very, um, uh, low tolerance for like smoking and, and, and that kind of stuff. Cause you know, I'm, I really want to try to, I focus on health. I go to the gym. I want to take care of my, myself, you know, I believe in health and stuff like that. So, um, and I think she, she, she's had, um, I don't want to put it on her spot, but she's had um, some type of cancer in her life, and but she's recovered from that. And I almost lost her because I remember, uh, you know, being at her hospital bed, and grandma was there, and and I, I was crying, and she was handing me like power of attorney and stuff, and I was like, you know, I was like, what's going on? But I kind of understood the situation, and so so not that long ago, like I think uh, five years ago, just just before the pandemic, she. Um, she went to the doctor and they checked her like oxygen intake level, like from, from whatever doctor checks the, the, you know, when you, when you get your oxygen taken and, and she's like, they say she's got the lungs of like, she's, she's 62, but she's got the lungs of like an 80 year old. And I'm like, man, that, you know, working at the casino really took a toll on her. And so I'm like, I, if I could, I, I really want to retire her and, and get her a nice place to live. And, and, you know, just a lot of things, you know, we grew up, um, you know, through when I was going through college, um, she just walked. We we moved to this apartment across from her work. She'd walk across the street to the casino. I'd take the family car and go to go to college. And I'm like, you know, I, I just want to. I just want more in life. You know, like I don't think that um, this is like how I wanted to live. And 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 well, there's a lot of other things, but that's just like kind of like the basic one. You know, I I, I just hearing that. Um, it, it's very interesting because um, there's a lot, I don't want to say a lot of people, but I, I feel like there's probably a good chunk of people, Andrew, that would have been, that could have been in that same situation and probably would have just um, mm. played the victim, right? Like, you know, forget the world, forget this system. I'm just going to get on, get over on everybody just with, you know, what I saw growing up. Um, so I, I just want to commend you, man. That it, 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 it takes, it just takes a different mindset to like see that stuff and to be able to have that fuel you, um, to, to do these things that you're, that you're doing, um, right now. So I just want to commend you, man. That's, that's, um, I, I, I hear the motivation, man. And that's awesome. So we always like to talk about your why, right. And, and you know, appreciate you sharing that, but yeah, go ahead, Andrew. Yeah. Thank you again. And, and I just want to say, um, yeah, there, there's, there's definitely a lot of reasons, but, um, for sure. Like I, th- I think a lot of people, it's, it's really hard when you're in that spot and, and for, for someone to, to, it's, it's better to get like that, um, what do you call it? Non-biased. Like if someone, someone's looking out, looking into your, your thing, if you can just confide in someone and talk to someone and, and the, or like someone who knows you well can tell you like, man, like, you know, if someone could just do that for you and tell you um, how you could kind of change your life or, or how you could do things for the better. But uh, if you're just looking at it for yourself, like if you don't have any kind of support or anything, it's it's hard to it's hard to uh, 
kind of to break that defeatist mentality, you know, it's like, it's easy to fall in and be and blame a lot of things. But I think for me, it was just more like, I was more afraid of, of being like, not poor for, for lack of a better term, but I was afraid of being like, in a bad place, you know, like, like I could have, I thought about it a lot, but I was like, it, you know, there's, there's no point. Cause like, I know there's, there's different routes and there was people to help me there. I want to I want to ask something again because I just we we've interviewed a lot of people on this podcast and Andrew and um I don't think there's been one person like that's you know that has a background like yours like it you know is from a different country or his you know his family's from a different country um mm. it 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 always seems like you know, lack lack of a better word, the immigrants that come on here, um, they always are hungry and they don't want to go to what they've been through. Um, I'm just asking, like, do, like, do you do you resonate with with any of that? Like, is that like you talk, hearing your story? You you've seen what the bottom looks like, right? And mm-hmm. you're to a point like in your life where like obviously you're hitting a lot of goals, but like was going through that again, like kind of a factor in, in propelling you to, to push to these bigger, bigger things that you're doing. You're talking about like that, that immigrant mindset or whatever, or like the, the background. Sure. Yeah. But both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. So I don't know if, uh, so, so my mom came from, uh, China and, uh, mainland like Guangzhou, something like that. And uh, she used to always tell me stories of like, you know, back in my day, uh, you know, we had uh, we had this thing like a like a bread line or something where it's like uh, they had these tickets. And and I guess I guess you're only allowed to eat like one pound of meat, like the whole family only has enough uh, these tickets to exchange for for one pound of meat per per week. Right. They're like most of the time it's it's like a bowl of rice and half, you know, I shared half an egg with my sister. And if we're lucky, we get we get one pound of meat. Per, per week or per month or something like that. And I was like, that is ridiculous. Like, that's crazy. I can't imagine that. Um, you know, I, I, I've grew up in such a nice place, you know, I'm fortunate that my, my parents brought me here and I, I've uh, never really, never really had that kind of situation. And, um, uh, and yeah, so it's, it's, I guess it's like that they, they value the, they've always like drilled into me about like the American dream, like go pursue the American dream. Like you have so much opportunity here. Like, you know, you're, you're born, you're born here, you're raised here. Like you've got so much opportunity. Like there's no way, you know, if, if other people who come from different country, uh, try so hard, like, and, and make it, there's no, there's no excuse for you not to make it right. Cause, cause you know, the language, you know, you're, you're English, you're native, you know, you, you got, you, you should be able to achieve the, the same thing, if not more than, than someone else. And, and that, that's not like me saying, talking down on anybody. That's just me saying like, that's my parents like pushing me they're like you know you can do it just as much as anybody else if not better if not more right i love that i, I love that i'm uh i would say for first generation I, I wasn't i wasn't born here um in this country either but um kind of kind of on the same wavelength like my parents always just instilled the the don't feel sorry for yourself you know, like you got to be able to do it better than anybody. Like you have to be the example for like they, it was never the, the victim mentality. Right. It was just always pushed me, um, to just be the best I can be. Um, and so, and so that's cool. I just, I, and again, like you said, not talking down to anybody, it's just 
on this podcast that that's a very common theme I'm always hearing with with people that have a a background in a different country. So I just I just wanted to to ask. So I yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to cool. go off. I want to go off the script for a second. Get both of your guys' opinions. Um, my, I think I'm probably what a sixth, fifth, or a sixth generation American, right? Um, but my, you know, my my lineage, my family, it was always the, you know, the standard: go to school, get a degree. And I think our generation was kind of the first one where, like, going to school and getting a degree didn't really do much for you, right? Um, and there is a viral video where it talks about, um, I, 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 Coop, I know you've seen it, but, uh, tough times create strong men, strong men create oh, good yeah. times, good times create weak men, weak men create tough times. Oh, who's like, that? Mr. Podcast, dude. Um, um, Joe Rogan. It's not even, it's, uh, well, I guess I've seen him say it. I I've seen him talk. It's, talk uh, about it. it's a, it's an African American gentleman, um, who's speaking at an event. Okay. And he talks about how, you know, my grandfather walked to school, you know, or walked to work. My dad drove a X. I drive a Cadillac. My son's going to drive a BMW. His son is going to walk to school. Right. Um, just kind of, just getting your guys' opinions on that, on how adversity um, can can push you, and 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 what you guys think. Uh, Cooper, am I going first or you? Yeah, you can go first, Andrew. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, in general, like about about that that quote you're talking about the tough times and and creating strong people and uh, good times creating weak people. I heard that phrase a lot too, and I I totally agree with that. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, I even see it in the school now. Like, I mean, everybody's kind of required to have a, like getting a college degree is kind of the standard now. And every, every job posting, like if you try to look at anything, they're off they're they're asking like um, even, even some like uh, brand new job postings, like, like a, a lower entry ones are requiring like a couple years in degrees or a couple years of experience. It's like a catch 22. It doesn't make any sense. But, uh, but yeah, it's like, uh, I feel like they're, they keep extending the requirement for school longer and longer, like people are getting coddled, like they're required to, to like, you're just not adults anymore after you graduate high school. You know, um, I think I remember hearing someone saying like, people used to do, you know, instead of like complaining about like how hard it is to find a job or whatever, like some people just um, like, you could just get into a trade school, learn a skill and get, and start getting paid right away. And, and you get paid like really good benefits, but nobody wants to do the hard work anymore. Like everybody wants to do like these cushy jobs. You sit in the office, you, you, get air conditioning and stuff and 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 it's not tough you know it's not like it's not like before where like uh some of those jobs might have been respected back then you know like the the my my brother actually does masonry so he, he's like climbing off of really tall skyscrapers and buildings and showing me show, he's like showing me pictures of stuff and now he's a foreman he, he went up he uh i think started a a year and a half ago and he's like near the, he's like at the top 90 percent of his pay pay grade and and they always do the union where they they renegotiate um uh, jobs and, and and he's already a foreman he's like really really pushing and motivated to do it um but yeah honestly if, if i was handed everything in the beginning like if i already had was like trust fund kid and i was handed like um everything and i was just going to school for the heck of it and not really like um trying to mode like uh pursue anything um yeah for sure like i'd be like what what like just on my iphone probably at starbucks or like what, what do i got to try for like i got this money like you know inheritance or whatever waiting for me right it's just be too um 
it would definitely be um make me into a, a different person i wouldn't be i wouldn't be here today i wouldn't be wouldn't be uh uh trying to find my my purpose i guess i'd probably be just playing video games all day or something right it's that's the beauty of america right the big melting pot and that's why it's always so important to to our country's health i think um i'm not trying to make this political at all but i just think it's important to have lots of different kinds of people in society whether you're a ceo or you cut grass right like everyone is so important to society as a whole no for sure for sure now i was i was just gonna add i mean i agree with everything andrew andrew said um but i i also uh, agree to like it's it's all a cycle right like it, it's 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 all a cycle and just understanding where you are in the cycle um will, will help you at, at least when it comes to your um individual circumstance not repeat that cycle you know so like what what do i mean by that so again i grew up a certain type of way um parents were really really hard on me which again is great like it it got me to places, it pushed me, it caused me to evolve, change, whatever. Now I, you know, I have three, three kids now. Um, I just, I just have to be aware of like my thinking and then the thinking that they get taught outside of the household. Right. Like, again, there's nothing, you know, the whole college thing, right. You can't get away from that. Like that. I mean, yeah, you can tell your kids not to go to college, this, that, the other thing, but like, I've, from what I've been hearing, like a lot of the guys I look up to and listen to, they, they usually make sure their kids have options, right? Like, okay, if if you don't want to go to college, what is it that you want to do? Or giving them the tools and giving them the information so they have that choice then when they get to college. Oh, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't need to go to college. Like dad or mom, like have ran this business. Like I, I know how to raise money. I've seen them do it. I can go start my own thing. I don't need to go to college. Like I think giving the next generation um, or our next generation, just, you know, here and, and, and instead of funneling them and telling them like, Nope, you're not going to college because I don't think you need to go to college or you need to go to college because that's the only way you should do it. Give them tools to be, to be successful in both paths. Right. You know, like that's, that's my thing. That's, that's what I, you know, that's how I can still cost that, give them that friction. Like, Hey, you're not going to be given everything. I'm going to give you the tools to be successful, but you're not going to just be handed money, right? You're going to understand money. It's, it's daddy's job to teach you how the system works of money. So then when you're out there in the real world, you, you know how to, to operate and move. So I don't know if I answered your question, Caleb, but that's, that's just my, I just my wanted to things. see if uh, that quote, and I'll repeat it. Um, I just want to see if that quote sparked any uh, just conversation with you guys, but um, yeah. tough times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create tough times it's a cycle. Right. And I just think it's, I think it's something that all three of us at any point in our journey will think, okay, um, you know, tough times created a strong man. 
how am I going to make sure that good times don't create a weak man, right? Or daughter or whoever you have, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, thank, thanks, Caleb. Appreciate appreciate the the comment or the question. Um, Andrew, what what keeps you getting up in the morning? What what keeps you motivated? What keeps you going, man? Uh, keeps me going. Well, one, um, I'm still in a, I'd say I'm still in a phase of my journey where I'm not completely self-sustaining. Like, you know, my, my true ambition in the future, I mean, right now I'm flipping houses, but my true ambition in the future is to create, uh, affordable housing in like opportunity zones, you know, places that, uh, um, uh, can help the, the less fortunate type of thing, uh, section eight, stuff like that. Um, micro apartments, you know, just cause I know in Seattle, uh, Washington here, the uh, biggest problem is like, everybody wants to live there, but this, like the land just keeps getting less and less. And every year I'm seeing the, the, uh, um, uh, the zoning, they keep making, like you can make build in smaller and smaller lots. You can make these detached accessory drilling units. So like they're trying to figure out every way to utilize the land better. So I think one of the things that keep me going is, uh, I want to see an improvement in the community, like with, uh, with the, the land and, and, and how people can, can kind of all live here if they want to. Um, another thing is, um, cause I'm doing the, I'm doing the flipping now, but I, I want to do apartments, you know, cash flowing, you know, um, multifamily, uh, housing. Um, cause right now I still feel like I'm in that phase where I'm kind of just doing a better job, like a, a higher paying job. I'm still cranking a wheel. I'm not out of the rat race yet because I'm still cranking the wheel. And if I ever stop, then the bills will eat me alive. And honestly, we just moved to a new place. And, um, that's another reason, you know, I want to, I want to make sure that I still keep a roof over my own head. But, um, yeah, like I was saying, like, uh, you know, getting the house for my parents so they can retire. Um, you know, I want to start my own family. I, I'm still, you know, uh, childless and, and, but, I, but I do have a, a good girlfriend that supports me, very supportive girlfriend. And, uh, you know, one day, you know, I, I want to, you know, be able to give, provide a nice life for my kids and, and, and give them all the choices in the world. But, uh, I got to take care of myself first. Right. And, um, yeah. What are you doing from a self-development standpoint i love your goals i love your vision how are you taking care of yourself mentally and physically you know do you have goals for that too i'll start with the easy one um physically you know, i i i've been kind of tracking my my calorie intake and and going to the gym and you know four days a week um i got this good regimen i'm trying to you know build back up and i um uh you know that's what i've been doing for that but uh what do you mean by mentally uh, well, like what that means to me is I'm making sure I am, you know, reading X amount of books. I am maybe, um, journaling or writing stuff down or everyone kind of keeps themselves sharp mentally their own way. What, what, what are you ahead. doing? What are you doing to grow your mind, Andrew? I, I think that's a gotcha. Gotcha. Better way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, so I'd say the, the main thing is, um, Actually, to be honest, like don't read a lot of books, like physical hard copy books. I mean, uh, just to give you an example, um, I probably I have one, two, three, four, five. I have over 15 tabs open on my computer or over 15 windows in my computer. And every window has uh, seven to t- seven to 20 
tabs on every window. So I probably have over 100, 120 plus tabs in my windows. That's stuff like that I, I never close out of because like I kind of come back, I kind of browse a little bit. I close one when I'm done. I got hundreds of, of windows open of things I'm always constantly reading. I, you know, I like um, uh, people I'm trying to remember, like I try to network, uh, stuff like that. Uh, I've got... Um, I've joined this uh, program called the Sterling White Sterling Sterling program, and that's kind of how um, Faye introduced me to to you guys. And uh, she's like she's like my mentor. Well, they're both my mentor, but she's like providing me the the weekly accountability, right? Like I got she's like my accountability partner that makes sure that you know I got this assignment to do. Like I'm um, kind of working on on the the social aspect, like uh, building like the blogging and 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 website and just uh, branding and appearance and and she's helping me through all that and um yeah like there's always something new to learn um i don't really particularly um find any books to read like that but uh if there's something i want to know about you know if i'm I'm curious like i hear about uh, uh a topic i'm interested in first thing i do is i google uh, on bigger pockets you know like i, I type in a, a question and then i f- finish it with like bigger pockets or or just in general and see what other if other people are having a discussion like that and i kind of kind of uh and then it becomes like a rabbit hole right i, ch- I kind of chase that thread until i find uh, a, an answer i'm satisfied with and and that's just kind of how i how i learn um as i go that's a unique, extremely unique answer. We ask everyone that. And I think that I don't think anyone said anything close to that, Coop. I mean, there's been there's been a few people that uh that have said they don't like particularly read, you know, or, or like they don't like read X amount of books. But like, yeah, the that's very interesting. Very interesting. The hundred tabs, that's a lot of tabs. Uh but I mean everyone's got their own thing, right? I mean but yeah, that's that's definitely unique. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Andrew, any advice you would give your 18-year-old self? Advice to give my 18-year-old self? Yep. Um I don't want to be cliché and tell myself like do it earlier, like figure it out sooner, like why can't you be me now? You know what I mean? Like um cuz you don't know what you don't know at the time, right? So, but if I were to tell myself at 18, like, and I'm sure my ignorant, you know, my, my, uh, stubborn 18 year old self would be, would have a tough, like time kind of wrapping his head around it. But I tell him something like along the lines of like, figure it out sooner, I guess. Like, I mean, like just, uh, don't waste so much time playing games. I would have told him like, uh, it's not as, uh, if if someone else is telling you what your goal, like how, if someone else is kind of like pushing you to do your goal, uh, <laughs> and that's kind of contradictory. If someone's telling you to push you to do your goal, don't listen, you know, figure it out yourself, like, you know, figure out what's, what's interesting to you and, and try to pursue something. Um, but to be honest at my, at my 18, 19 year old self, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Right. It's such an interesting time in life when very, you go back. Very right. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, Coop, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Let's flip the script on him, Andrew. Yeah, for sure. Um, geez, what would I tell my 18-year-old self? Um, take everything you think you know and throw it out the window. <laughs> no, no, you know what I tell my 18-year-old self? I tell him I tell them winning lottery numbers. That's what I tell him. <laughs> <laughs> Why has no one said that? um that's another unique one yeah <laughs> like, 
like I, I mean, I, I would definitely tell my eighteen yourself like think like everything you think you know or you have plans for, just disregard everything and just learn as much as you can about business. That that'd be that'd be my thing. Short and to the point. Kayla, what about you? I don't think I've ever asked you this question. It's easy for me. Um I figured out at an early age that one of my like key strengths is building relationships. And I would have just emphasized to my 18 year old self self that every relationship matters. And, um, you know, emphasize the old cliche saying that your, your net worth is equal to your net work. Right. Um, that's, any success I've ever had in my life is just because of my ability to network and know people and create relationships and build trust. And I just would have tried to pound that home a little sooner and get your real estate license at the, at the age of 18. You know, if we want to add that, but awesome. Yeah, that's a good advice. Cause I was, I was really introverted. So, so if I could push myself to, to talk to people more and, and, and pocket a few more uh, business cards back then, then who knows what, what, what could have been accomplished by now, you know, Just exactly. having a, few, a few more names and numbers in the, in the pocket. Yep. Exactly. A couple more opportunities maybe. Right. But, yeah. uh, but you know, as, as much as I, as we all make mistakes and we learn from them. Right. So it's kind of a, kind of a loaded question, but we'd always like to hear what people are going to say. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Andrew really want to say thanks, man. Thanks for coming on and um, giving us some time. I know you're a very busy dude. Obviously. Um, is there Obviously. where where can our listeners uh, like link up with you or or see some of the the things that you're doing? Yeah, so the main area that right now I'm I haven't like gone out to other channels right now, but if you want to see like like most of the where I talk about all my experiences, I'm kind of pouring my life out there like little bits at a time, you know, week week by week. Uh, it's biggerpockets.com. Uh, Search my name, Andrew Lawrence, or, or I think uh, I gave you the link to that, right, on the on the show notes or something. Yeah. Um, yep. I got. Yeah. It. So, yep. so I'm just pouring out my soul and and all the private parts, all all the <laughs> all the embarrassing things, all my failures, everything, and so you can hopefully learn from something and, and not do the same thing I did, but uh, and all all the successes too. You know, hopefully, um, it's kind of like my little diary. Um, it's something I was told that I should, you know, by my mentor that I should do. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow through with that. Maybe you know, post something once a week and and maybe more in the future if I have time. Um, that's the that's the main way to reach me now uh, on bigger pockets or uh, uh, I guess if you can find me on Facebook but uh, um, on uh, do you want me to, do you want me to put my my email on here too or just shout it out it's, or do you want to it's, uh, it's up to you you can say it and then you can say it and then I'll put also put it in the show notes yeah you can reach me at contact Andrew L at gmail and and I'm pretty much gonna always be there so um, send me an email I'll, I'll respond as quickly as I can. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Andrew, really appreciate it, man. Thanks again and keep crushing it. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Cooper. Another great episode. Uh, 118. Had to think for a second. (laughs) Has it been that many? Andrew Lawrence. Oh, it has been that many. Yep, it has been that many. Thoughts? Concerns? What do you think, Philip? Um, one thing we didn't dig into is 
his successes or his big lessons learned. But oh yeah, we didn't. I think it was just really interesting to hear his background and his why. Yeah, oh know? yeah, for sure. I got maybe I got too sidetracked on that, but I I loved hearing it. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's the. I mean, yeah, the successes are great, but I mean, that's that was one of the main reasons for this podcast, right? Is to talk through people's story and their journey and like why they do what they do um, to better resonate with the audience. Right. So um, no, man, it, it was, it was a great man. I, I always love um, like for me, it's always, it's always interesting to just hear uh, like, obviously like always hearing other people's stories, but like, especially someone that comes from a different background, like hearing how they, how they see and how they understand success and like what in their past has molded their, their mind to think that way. Right. Um, so I, I'm, I'm always curious to hear that. Like it just, it, it's always intriguing, um, to, to hear that. Um, yeah, but no, this was, this was a great episode. Make, make sure you, uh, um, follow Andrew. We'll put those links in the show notes. If you got any questions, um, you know, want to see some of the deals that he's doing or he's involved with, um, yeah, just just reach out to him. We'll put all his contact information in the uh, in the show notes. Okay. Sounds good. Please make sure you rate, subscribe, leave a review. Um, I can't say what the new bowl is when this podcast drops. I'm Dude, sure I, it, I don't even it, know. It'll it'll be oh, it's bro, it's fire, and I, I think it's I think because like you try the bowls and like you have your favorites or like your one or two that you always go to. And then you try something different. It's like hits different taste buds. Um, but this like, yeah, this, this was, this was, this was fire. I was like, okay, this is, yeah. People are going to really love this one. So awesome. Awesome. Please rate, subscribe, leave a review. Make sure to check out Mahana fresh. Gluten-free is our specialty. All right, everybody. 